This is TSC Now, a podcast from the TSC Alliance. Hello and welcome to TSC Now. I'm your host, Dan Klein. This episode is sponsored by UCB Inc. This is part two of our World TSC Conference Recap. Every time we host a conference, we honor someone in the community with the TSC Champion Award. And this year, we had the distinct pleasure of honoring Dr. Michael Frost and his wife, Janie Frost. Michael is a retired pediatric neurologist who was a TSC clinic director at the Minnesota Epilepsy Group TSC Center Without Walls in Minneapolis. During his time there, he not only provided stellar care to those affected by TSC, but also was an active member in the TSC Clinical Research Consortium and often was a site for TSC clinical trials. His dedication to research and his ability to collaborate with other leading TSC researchers were instrumental in moving our knowledge of TSC forward over the last few decades. Janie is a retired epilepsy nurse and is extremely active in the local TSC community. She provides support for local events and has co-chaired previous World TSC TSC conferences and is always a champion for the kids camp, making sure that kids at conferences, regardless of their ability level, have a safe place to meet other kids, have fun, and make lasting memories. I truly adore this couple, and it was such a treat talking to them and learning how the conference and the greater TSC community has evolved over the years. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Michael and Janie Frost. So, Michael, Janie, thank you so much for talking to me. You guys are the stars of the weekend as our honorees and our TSC champion awardees. First of all, how does it feel to just be back at a world conference and to be seeing so many families that you've known throughout your careers? A bit overwhelming at times. I think a lot of the kids are doing well, even if they're still having seizures, the families and all are are wonderful. They soak up information and I think they're all having a great time in being here. That's one of the rewarding things also about being at the conference to see them network, to see people from all over the world. As you know, I mean, we met some folks from France today. We keep a relationship with people from, with uh, particularly one from Denmark on a regular basis. Uh, She and Janie are good friends. The meeting itself is, well, maybe I should start at the beginning. The very first meeting that we were at was the family conference in D.C., and that was in the early 90s. It was before the second gene had been found. They had recently found the first gene. Manny Gomez and Vicki Whittemore were there. They were actually having a book signing of their TS book. That meeting was held in the basement of the Hyatt in Washington, D.C. The attendance at that meeting could fit in maybe a third or a quarter of one of the conference rooms we're using now. And so to watch it evolve from there to where it is now and where it was in Dallas four years ago, I mean, it's you know close to a thousand people, all the different countries that are involved that were not involved way back when. It is overwhelming and, and our participation, I mean, I've enjoyed our participation. I think too, going back to the beginning, it was the parents that got it off the ground. That first conference was all parents doing, just putting their minds together and right. saying, that was pre-Kari. That was pre-everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all the parents. And the, my most vivid memory, which I think about at every conference, is at the end, and this was kind of a thrown together thing, and at the end we had people on the staircase yeah. from each state. Well, now we could put on for every state and the whole country and the whole world. 
And I remember being so excited. I remember a family who lived from the Midwest section had lived apart like four miles out in the country, one farm to another farm and didn't know that each had TS in their family. And I was just like overwhelmed by that and how they all just felt like the world had opened up to them. To me, that was kind of the theme of the rest of them. It's also the first time I saw the kids camp and how I got involved. So you've really been a champion of that kids camp and the conference itself too. I mean, you've chaired the conference in the past. What is it about this conference that you think is so special? And why is it so important to have that safe space for the kids at this conference? The original reason was families couldn't get together and spend any time. So the kids needed to be away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. Over the years, it grew with Celia, Mathbomb, and everybody along the way. But each conference then got more into, well, what can we do for the kids that is special? I think the big special thing was when it was the siblings, and then you have the kids with TS, no matter what level Mm -hmm. of functioning. And so those things all came together. And I did visit the camp today. Oh, yeah? For the first time since we've been back. And it's that feeling of parents can all be comfortable and can just share, and the kids can share, just like any other kids' camp. Anywhere. They learn about TS and themselves and other people and the siblings learn what it's like. Well, they create their own memories. Yeah, they create Okay, their and they're separate. campers. Or they're not seizure kids or TS kids. They're campers. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I mean, I think we've been so lucky to have corporate kids, corporate kids. for s- several of these conferences. They know us. They know the kids. And... You know, they create a fun environment for these kids to be. It's not just sending the kids away. The kids look forward to these right. camps and they they leave as friends and they have these lifelong relationships with other kids who maybe they haven't ever met another kid with TSC before. And it's so cool. The one gal you just saw was your patient when she was, what, three? And she's in her 20s now. and She's a barrel racer on horseback. Wow. She's been seizure-free for, oh, I'd say more than 10 years. Very nice young lady living her life like she always has. She's grown up. And now's here to learn more for herself, but also to help others. I was telling, he's a brand new researcher. He lives in Switzerland, does his research there, works on mTOR. He said, you know, I've been working on this, but I didn't have any idea what it was for to human beings. So he came to this meeting on his own to learn more about why he's doing what he's doing. And that's what it's all about. Sure. That's, I mean, that's the next generation. And I think part of what makes this conference so special is that you have the families, the adults with TSC, but also the clinicians, the researchers all sitting at the same table, all together, and learning from each other, too. Researchers who, you know, are doing basic science, having the opportunity to meet families and see, oh, my work matters. My work has the potential to change lives. Well, the bench to bedside activity of this group in general has been 
just amazing through the years. When we were at the first conference, it was hard to find speakers, okay? Nobody was really cared about TS, nobody. I mean, it was one of those orphan diseases that was not inspiring, shall we say, to many people. By the time we hit San Diego, people were asking to talk, some of the big clinicians in epilepsy in particular, as the meetings evolved. The caliber and the involvement and the dedication of the people who are now involved has changed so much through the years. I mean, it's fascinating. It's rewarding. It was just a little organization way back when, well prior to Carrie. In fact, when I met Carrie, it was in her garage, and Janie dragged me to that party. It was a long way from that garage. You and your clinic have been integral in a lot of these clinical trials and helping move the ball forward. Yeah, I mean, it started with the evolution of the, the database with Steve Spiragana here in, in Dallas and our clinic, and we were the first two. And our clinic has been unique in many ways because it's trying to involve more of the community physicians. And so we call it a, a clinic without walls. Mm-hmm. And that concept has spread to other diseases. It's been spread to other clinics, you know, and trying to educate the physicians in the field that may see only one or two TS patients in their entire lifetime, in their mm-hmm. entire time of practice. But to give the research, to be able to give some answers, to give some education, you know, the families themselves, they know more about the disease and their child, obviously, than the physicians that, that usually see them, okay, except at the clinic. So when they go back to their pediatrician, or family doctor or adult physician or even adult neurologist. They know more about TS than most of the doctors that they will meet. When the physicians with the TS Alliance, I mean, talk about a group that's grown up together and the dedication that they have. The passion. And the passion is just phenomenal. And now we're starting to see their youngsters. The changing of the guard, so to speak. Changing of the guard. Oh, yeah. I mean, postdocs who (laughs) worked in labs under some of that older generation of researchers who are now running their own labs and continuing that work. That's a legacy with some of these researchers. Well, that in and of itself is pushed by TS Alliance because they help fund that research. Give some incentive to the younger researchers with meetings like this, but also by helping to fund them. That's been very helpful for the discoveries of DS. The idea that if you can get someone interested in TSC early in their career, you can give them just enough to get that research going. You have the chance to set them on a course where they'll commit their whole career to that. And I mean, that could be life changing. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back a little bit. How did the two of you first even get involved in TSC and with the TSC Alliance to begin with? How I remember my connection was a couple had this little girl who had been misdiagnosed. That was in Phoenix. That was in Phoenix. So it was 86. Met the mom and we went through the whole thing and they just wanted to know, you know, what is it? Somebody else had said, don't worry about it. And I said, well, I want to hook you up with some other families. So all I remember is three moms <laughs> started the whole thing is I called to see, you know, what was going on with the kiss. And I gave the number to the mom. And she said, well, it's not really an organization. I said, yeah, but you'd be hooked up and I'll hook you up. We'll find some more. 
That mom became active as a TS mom. When we were in Phoenix, the little girl that Jane is referring to had infantile spasms and focal seizures and had been either undiagnosed, underdiagnosed, and undertreated. There were only a couple of us child neurologists in Arizona at the time. And so our involvement with that patient then led to involvement with other patients. And that grew and for whatever reason. I mean, I knew of Manny Gomez. He was obviously in Minnesota, and then we moved to Minnesota you know, right up the road from him. And somehow, some way, I was invited to the first consensus conference. And from there on, I mean, my involvement, I guess, just grew because wherever I was, I was, was the, the main person that took over those patients. But I got involved through the epilepsy aspect of DSC. The clinic that we started, the research conference in Chantilly. Okay, I didn't think anybody else in, in Minnesota other than Manny was really interested in TS. And I think he had recently passed, but I saw a poster from somebody from the University of Minnesota that had a series of TS patients with kidney disease. And he was the head of urology over at the University of Minnesota. I tried to make it a point to, to track him down at some point to, to find out if we could do something together. And when we sat down at lunch, I ended up sitting down next to him. And we, we discovered each other and the love relationship from then on. And I'm referring to John Hulbert, whose son has TSC and his dedication through the years also. So, and so we fed off one another and created this clinic that just grew. And thinking back at the start of the conversation, you were talking about that early conference and it was before we had even discovered the second gene. Correct. To where we are now. I'm sure you sat in on some of the sessions today. What do you think of just how far we've come since then? Definitely without the Alliance, it wouldn't have come Mm -hmm. as far as it is. Well, the networking, the the getting together and and the ideas feeding off one another in some of the research conferences, the way it's set up with the parent, the bench researcher, and then the clinician talking about the same aspect of TS. Some of the the bench researchers had no idea what TS was, Mm -hmm. okay, and where they might fit in. The growth just in general of TS and the treatment and the research and the push with some of the pharmaceutical companies and so forth is indescribable. When I give a talk about TS, I use it as a model disease for first finding the genes that were involved because that was part of the Human Genome Project, then discovering what the product of those genes was, and then developing treatments based on that product. And so it was the model of how so many other diseases now have come around and, and continue to come around and impress upon the pharmaceutical industry about giving them some reason to get involved, keeping the parents interested because they see what's going on. And to me, one of the most amazing things about the research and all that. When I'd ask a family if they were interested in participating in a particular drug study or the database, I so rarely got a refusal. The enthusiasm for the parents and the patients to help push this along and participate in the research to me has been like no other disease. I think that is something that is truly special about the TSC communities that we've worked very hard to educate them about research and how important their participation is to help bring new treatments, to help move science forward. And they have been fearless in their willingness to participate in clinical trials. Well, it helps to have some of the the parents who had their kid diagnosed in the mid 80s and early 80s talk about how limited things were back then. In fact, the workshop I gave today, the mother talked about that, that if what was available now had been available when her child was diagnosed, the outcome and her future would have been so different than it actually was over the next 20 years. And so encouraging people to participate and look into the future, even if it didn't have an immediate effect on their child then, how it might help them and or other families in the future, there is very little hesitation from the parents that I met at work with. 
The Alliance has always, day one, that was a focus. And it's been supported by the board. So there's always been like this huge growth spurt in the Alliance's ability to stay in tune and ahead. We had some of the greatest people all along the way. You know, be it Vicky and Steve, people that come on board, it's a passion that they give everything for. At the TS meeting at Cambridge, we met Dave Franz, who is one of the, the pioneers, so to speak, and his understudy, who won't admit to being an understudy now, but, but Darcy Kruger, the two of them were an amazing team in pushing things forward. And the insights they had with the mTOR inhibitors and so forth, rapamycin way back when. But that relationship we had with Dave, our relationship with Darcy and Elizabeth. with Peter Greeno, I mean, well, Elizabeth Teal, I met at the original consensus wow. conference. Peter, as I said in my introduction to him, I met him way back when he was just a lowly assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He just started to get really interested in the molecular aspects of TS. And as part of the consortium, I was able to supply him with some tissue to study at that time. And Mustafa, I mean, we were able to give him some patients to look at that were autistic. I could tell back then that Peter was going to be a star. I mean, the way he gave talks, he just knew he was a rising star in the community. The privilege of watching that happen and participate with him and, and do some things with him and others. Oh, it's been fun. It's passion and compassion that has driven the whole thing through the years. And you have exhibited that compassion too. I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of families who have been under your care. And one of the things that multiple people have said is that you always made a point of talking to the kids and letting them drive their care from the get-go and making them feel involved in their own care. And I think that's so empowering to kids who are dealing with this. And it's so great for these parents that like, regardless of what level their kid is at, you are engaging with them. What got me involved in pediatric neurology way back when, when I was in medical school, is my role model at that time was a pediatric neurologist who would get down and play with the kids on the floor. And he had a lot of behavioral kids. I mean, this was before many of the anticonvulsants and so forth. And I always remembered that. And yeah, I talked to the kids as though they're adults and how are they feeling and so forth. But that's why we do what we do is for them. So... We're here in part to honor you guys. And I know you don't necessarily like being the center of attention, but looking back at everything that's happened, all of the conferences in the past, what does it mean to you now to be honored and to be recognized as TSC champions? I mean, it's been my pleasure to see not what I got other than just being thankful. We did it for that reason, not for the recognition. And my biggest regret right now is that I retired and won't see how much advantage there's going to be in the next 10 years, which I anticipate is going to be incredible. And that's what my main regret about being in this, because it's so rewarding and so inspiring. Well, I don't know that you have to think of it as a regret necessarily. I mean, you were foundational in building that so that all of the advances we see in the next 10 years are even possible. And in the small level, I think that's kind of reflected in, you know, the little girl you were talking about. You were her doctor when she was, what, three? years old or younger yeah. younger and now she's going to college she's living a normal life or the barrel racer yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that's the reward not the recognition on a bigger level it's the recognition within the families i've learned one thing over the years in nursing Mm-hmm. Especially when we moved. So I think I started out thinking, oh, what are they going to do if I'm getting ready to move? It was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, what are the families going to do without me here? 
didn't have anything to do with me. A referring doc once said to me, I always know when your families are coming into any, they tell me exactly, they've got it written down, they have know exactly what they want, they're their own advocates. The doctor who took over our clinic in St. Paul tells me whenever we get together that I've set the bar so high with some of the patients that he has to really work hard to live up to that standard which is great because the parents are pushing for that. Yeah, absolutely. When excellence is the standard, then our families won't accept anything less than they shouldn't from their care. I told the audience today, if when you get to see me a new doc, or if you don't like somebody, or if you don't understand what's going on, and you ask for a second opinion, you shouldn't hesitate to ask for that opinion. And if your treating physician tells you you don't need it or don't do it, or, or is hesitant to agree to it, then find yourself another physician. I think that's great advice and you two are both a wealth of knowledge for families coming to this conference for the first time and maybe they've just received a TSC diagnosis. What's one piece of advice you'd give to them? Educate yourself, but don't believe everything you read on the internet or even what you read in books because what you're going to get is the worst of the worst or the people who may be angry about something when they get on the internet and put in their own do your own research. Get involved with the TS Alliance is one of the first things I tell them. Yeah. Go to that website and you'll see more true information than you'll get from anywhere else. And for a <laughs> while, we had pamphlets that we would give to the families to give to their treating physician, their pediatrician or whatever, that would help educate them about what TS was. So yeah, my initial advice to when I meet a family is, is the TS Alliance will be your best resource. I think they just need somebody that they know that they can talk to mm -hmm. when things get off. And that can, and especially, I mean, if you have a physician or nurse or nurse coordinator or whatever, whoever you can go to and say, what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. yeah, don't be shy about asking for help. My best stuff has always been write down your questions and stand at the door. If you or your husband stand at the door so the doc can't get out if you're in the hospital. I mean, it sounds silly, but I've heard that people still do that in their adult years. Other than for the Appalachian Foundation of Minnesota, I don't know that with newly diagnosed patients with any disorder that I make recommendation to get in touch with the National Association. Whatever, it doesn't matter, but with TS, it matters. You two have to be two of the humblest people I've ever huh. met because in all this time we've been talking, at every turn you try to talk about other people, but... If you'll humor me for just a second, I just want to thank the two of you for everything you've done in the community, in your clinic, at these conferences to help change lives. I mean, you've truly created an incredible legacy and celebrating you at this conference is the least we could do. And we're just so appreciative of everything. And thank you for talking to me today. I know, I know it was... We were I, hesitant, right? I know. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too painful. No, it wasn't. Not entirely. All right. My thanks again to The Frost for sitting down to talk to me. They are such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom, but are the first to downplay their own role in the growth of the TSC Alliance and the progress made in research. But through their stories, I think it's pretty clear that they've had such an incredible impact on the TSC community. So in thinking about the conference as a point of inflection in the long history of this organization, it was really great getting to follow up the conversation with The Frost with my brief chat with my next guest. 
Preston Fitzgerald served as a future leader during the 2021-2022 school year, and in that role, he and his cohort organized webinars and provided support to other young adults with TSC. This is Preston's first World TSC Conference, but he didn't just come as an attendee. He also sat on a panel focused on transitioning to adulthood and independent living. Here's my conversation with Preston. So I guess just to start, can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your own experience living with TSC? I'm Preston Fitzgerald. I'm 23 years old. I just graduated from University of North Texas, magna cum laude. And I was diagnosed with TSC when I was six months old. And I have tumors in my brain and kidneys. And I would have to say that hasn't been easy the entire time, but I think going through all these challenges has shown how strong our community can be, how strong our community is, especially when we all come together, fight for the same cause. You actually got the opportunity to be a future leader last school year. What motivated you to apply and how was your experience with that? I wanted to become a future leader because I wanted to advocate for TSC through different ways and share my story to different people. And just how was that experience like? What did you enjoy from that experience? I liked meeting all the different people and hearing their stories and especially meeting other people with TSC made it feel much easier because oftentimes with this condition, you feel like you're the only one in the world who has it. But knowing there's other people around makes you feel a lot, a lot better. You know, you all did a lot of outreach to other young adults with TSC. Did you get the opportunity to meet other young adults through that experience? Uh, Yes, there were times where, especially through technology nowadays, where they would send emails or messages, ask me questions. How did I deal with this? How do I deal with this? And I would just try to give the best advice as I can. And they were in a way in the same road because they also felt like they were the only ones in the world with the same condition. And they liked meeting, talking to people that had the same, someone who can relate to them. This is your first world conference. How has the experience been so far? It's been great conference been interesting listening to all the different doctors and what they have to say and all the technology, what it's come to these days, especially meeting all the employees in person for the first time. When I started, it was all when COVID started. You mentioned meeting the employees for the first time. You also got to meet some of the other future leaders in person for the first time. Like you said, you all went through your year as future leaders during the peak of COVID. So a lot of the stuff you guys did was virtual. What was it like getting to meet them in person for the first time? It was very strange, honestly. Uh It's always strange meeting people in person for the first time. But it was also great. Another perspective because they're all around my same age meeting new friends that are around the same age that can relate to different problems that we all have is great. Having another support group you can always get a hold of. Well, and beyond that, you know, many of you continue to volunteer at TSC Alliance events and continue to provide support to other young adults. Do you see yourself staying involved with the organization moving forward? I plan to stay involved as as long as I can. Well, we definitely would love to have you. Your story, the things that you've overcome in your life, and then now to graduate magna cum laude, which you said, very congratulations, by the way. That's 
Huge. And it's an example that although this disease presents you with many challenges, you can overcome those challenges and you can still live your best life. Yes. What the doctors say at the beginning isn't always true. Go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. And I think I and all the other future leaders can attest to that as well, since we're all very successful, much better condition than we're supposed to be. So you also have the opportunity at this conference to be part of the programming and to share your experience. Can you talk a little bit about what you're presenting on this weekend? Uh, yes. So I am going into, a, I believe it's adult, transitioning into adulthood. And my part is living independently. Now that I'm a college graduate, I'd, I'd like to live on my own. And a few weeks ago, I moved into an apartment with a friend of mine. So mainly it's just my section at least is to give advice on what not to do and what to do and during that time through college and early adulthood. Did you face some challenges making that transition? Yes, it's never easy. I'm not really a fan of change. So it was very it's very stressful at times meeting new people and being in situations that I'm not used to. But overall, do you like living independently and living on your own? Yes. At the same time, I like to take on the challenge and and I like being able to live on my own cuz I try to be as independent as I can. So now like you're graduated, you're living out on your own. What's next for you? Right now, I'm flying to different hotels in Dallas to try to work at front desk position. And luckily, since epilepsy was part of the package, I'm not able to drive, but my place is right next to a DART station, which is public transportation in Dallas. So I can take that to and from work. Yeah, so right now it's just getting used to the new apartment and finding a new job. I know for anyone your age, that's a big change. But given the other stuff that you've gone through in your life, I'm sure it can be intimidating, but I'm sure you're going to excel at it. So my last question is just, you know, if there are other young adults who may be listening, who maybe they've never talked to another person with TSC before, what advice would you give them? I would say... Try your best to reach out to the Alliance and the resources because we're here to talk to you. Would you say that now having been involved in the TSC community that like it's welcoming, that people want to share their experience? Yes, we love to share our experiences. So we feel included, especially in the TSC world. Try and reach out because there's somebody here who is ready to listen, who's ready to share their advice. People like you who have been through similar experiences and who want to be a resource to other people. Yes, I'm here to help and you can always reach out to me. I'm always here to listen. We appreciate your leadership. We appreciate the example you set for other young adults in our community. And, you know, we appreciate that you want to stay involved because I think it's important to have people like you in our community who want to help and who want to be an example. So thank you for everything that you've done so far. And thank you for just making time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
My thanks again to Preston for sharing his story with me. He is such an inspiring young leader in our community, and I suspect he will be a source of support for other adults with TSC for a very long time. So that's a wrap on this World TSC Conference recap. There will be a summary of the conference in the next issue of Perspective Magazine coming out later this year, and recordings from the conference will be available in January. I have one more podcast coming at you next week from one of the sponsors of the conference on a brand new resource for kids with TSC. So be on the lookout for that soon. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to TSC Now. Our theme song is Take Charge by Young Presidents. Listen to all our episodes and subscribe to the podcast now at tscalliance.org slash tscnow. See you next time.